0: Hebrews chapter 6 going to read verse number 18 Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 18 It says that by two <clears throat> immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie he might have a that we might have a strong consolation I love that phrase, that we might have a strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. We have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge. There is no doubt in my mind that when the writer of Hebrews penned those words, he had in mind something significant that God had done for Israel in times past. And if you would turn to the book of Joshua, the 20th chapter, I'm going to pick up and read verse number 2 and then down to verse number 7. And the word of the Lord said, speak to the children of Israel, saying, appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses. And verse 7 says, and they appointed Kadesh in Galilee in Mount Naphtali, and Shechem in Mount Ephraim, and Kurjath Arba, which is Hebron in the mountain of Judah and on the other side Jordan by Jericho eastward they assigned Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben and Ramoth in Gilead out of the tribe of Gad and Golan in Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger amen everybody say and the stranger that's you and i and the stranger that sojourneth among them that whosoever killeth any one unaware might flee thither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. I don't have a lot of time, so you're going to have to listen fast, because I'm going to go fast. But I want to talk to you this morning about a strong consolation. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I wouldn't ask for a show of hands, but who who among us has not at some point in life played the age-old game of tag? Anybody remember that game? Somebody might have called it hide-and-seek, but tag. The object of the game was to run and not be touched by whoever was it. And we exhausted ourselves running around through the bushes and around the house and in the neighborhood having such a great time. But to make it a game that had interest to it, to keep you from just having to run endlessly, there were bases, there were safe places. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody not know what TAG is? All right, so you know, so if I I use this as an analogy, you're not going to go home scratching your head and say, what was Brother Hughes preaching about this morning? There was given this resting point that if you touched that place, you were safe. It didn't matter what the, the, the it person did, they could not tag you out because... You were free. You were in a safe zone. And you could not be tagged as long as you had one foot secured to such a place. You know, there's something appealing about that to me. I think in all of us, there is something appealing about a safe place. A place that we can go where we can find shelter and refuge. And we can feel... That we are not being pursued. Especially when life gets messed up. It's it's good to have a safe place to go. When life is broken. And you don't know what to do to fix it. it's It's a wonderful thing to have a place. Where you can go. And be safe. When you're confused. Or when you're troubled. Or when you're running for your life, which there have been times in my own life that I literally ran for my spiritual life, trying to get away from the avenger and the enemy of my soul. And to find a refuge, what a huge thing that was. To find a place where you could breathe deep and not be afraid. You see, the idea of a refuge or a safe haven not only appeals to us, but it literally came from the very heart of God himself. God, in his eternal understanding of mankind and the needs of humanity, in his eternal love, he made a place for the unwanted, for the threatened, for the fugitive, for the pursued, for the broken, for the messed up. And when Israel came to the promised land, one of the first things that they did was to fulfill a promise, a commitment that they had made to God. That when they got there, they would obey the word that God had given to Moses and that was set up in the confines of this promised land, cities that would be known as cities of refuge. They were set aside for the sake of the person who uh, by accident or some other means, not purposely, but Something happened and a crime was committed or a murder took place. They had a way of escape. They had a place to run to, to hear their case and to be given an opportunity to state their cause. There were six in number. It is interesting to me that when you look at the promised land, it's basically divided down the middle by the River Jordan. On the one side is the predominant area of Canaan and on the wilderness side there are tribes that settled there as well. And God gave them six cities, three of them on each side of the Jordan River and three of them strategically located throughout the land so that no matter where you were, or what time of the day it was, or what time of week it was, that you were not far from one of these cities of refuge. And they were divinely appointed. They were not man's idea. This was God's idea. Moses didn't come up with this. God is the one that said, Moses, when you get to the promised land, I want you to set aside these cities for the fugitive and the wanted and the threatened. The fugitive could flee to the nearest point of refuge and they could be assured of justice and a fair trial. It would literally give them a chance at life in an age when it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And it was common that if you were to take the life of someone, then their relative had the right to take your life in exchange. And so the avenger would come after you. And if it was not purposely done, if it was an accidental thing, or it was done in a heedless moment, there was no recompense. There was no safety until... The cities were established, and the avenger could not touch you as long as you stayed inside the city of refuge. So they became sanctuaries. And as long as you were inside the gate, you were safe from the avenger. The cities were selected for their prominence in the land. They could be easily found by any person that was in need. At any time of the day or night. The law required that the roads. The highways that led to these cities of refuge. Be wider than the normal highway. Amazing. That the road leading to the city of refuge. Was made like an expressway. And it was always kept in the best repair. It was always kept in the best order, and it was always open. It was always to be maintained. They were arranged so that no matter where you were, even if you were away from home, and uh, something happened, and you needed a refuge, there was a place nearby where you could go and find safety. The gates of the city stood open. Unlike the other gates of other cities, these gates never closed. They were open day and night, every hour of the day and night. And they were plainly marked. Josephus, the historian of Jewish origin, said that there were even runners who stood at the crossroads... And when they saw somebody coming down the highway and they realized that they were headed to one of these cities of refuge, that they would help direct them. And they would not only help direct them, they would encourage them to keep running because they were going in the right direction. You see, every chance was given to the fugitive that entered there. They were safe from the avenger and there it was easy access God took all of the difficulty out of the way you didn't have to cross a river you didn't have to climb a mountain you didn't have to go over a bridge somewhere near to you was a city of refuge God strategically put them there for that purpose another point that is interesting about the city of refuge is that they were all on a level plane. None of them were placed on a mountaintop or a hill simply for the fact that if you were running for your life and you came to this mountain and your safety was up there, but you didn't have the energy to get there, you would probably die in your dilemma. God made it so that wherever you were, there would not be a difficulty in you getting to that place of safety. And they welcomed the pursuit. They welcomed those who were being hunted. Three of them were evenly spaced. Wherever there was a need, there was a city. Wherever there was a problem, there was a solution. Wherever there was a hurt, there was a healing place. I'm so glad that I know a God that thinks about things like that. Yeah. Praise God. They were at the foot of the hill so that somebody could point them and say, you see that hill there? If you keep running toward that hill, at the base of that hill is your safety. I wonder how many times you and I have had to run to that hill. Calvary. And we found in the base of that hill, we found in the shadow of that cross the help that we needed in our time of need. And there was perfect safety within the walls. Everyone who went there was safe. Everybody say everyone. Everyone. That means everybody in this building would have been accepted there. You didn't have to show your credentials. You didn't have to show your pedigree. You didn't have to prove your lineage. You didn't have to... Uh, Show them that you were Jewish by birth The word of God said this is for Israel And for all of the strangers that sojourn in the land God made a way for everybody Amen Say everybody Everybody God made a way for all of us That's why we're here today Because God made a way for us Amen The way was always open At any time, any time, any time, any time, you could clearly run there. And they were marked so that you would not be confused. God always provides a place for a man who needs a refuge. And certainly this is what the writer must have had in mind when he wrote Hebrews chapter 6. And he talks about the great consolation, that great help and encouragement For those who have fled for refuge and they have laid hold of the hope that is set before them. You see, the cities of refuge were just types of what was to come. They were illustrations of a greater truth. They were a shadow of what was going to be substance at some point. And though types are often poor illustrations, these cities in fact are one of the most beautiful pictures of Jesus and our salvation that you can find in the whole of the Bible. There is always a rock that is higher than I. Always a way of escape. And if you'll look at those with me for a few moments, I want to help some of you catch a glimpse of the grace of God that maybe you haven't seen before. And Maybe you have seen it, but you've forgotten about how encompassing the grace of God is. How wide the range of God's grace and mercy is. You see, these pictures paint for us a picture of God's mercy unlike any that I could do in my own making. Because the love of God for many is lost. Until they come to understand what God has done in Christ for all of us. And that's what the cities of refuge reflect. First of all in the promised land or in the land that was known as Canaan. Which was on the right side of the river Jordan was the city Kadesh. It means literally a sanctuary or the sanctuary. A sanctuary was a reference to the house of God. And when the, when the child of God came to that sanctuary, there is one thing that confronted him when he first came and that was this gigantic altar that stood at the entrance of this place of worship. It was a reminder to every person who came That God has made a way for you to get back to him. That's what an altar represents folks. It means that God made a way for you and I to get back to him. When we've messed up or sinned or failed. Or our life is broken or messed up. The altar was not created by man. God built the altar. God is the one who designed that altar and gave it to them. And so when they came to the sanctuary, the first thing that they saw was this massive altar that reminded them that God made a way. I wish you'd say that with me. God made a way. He made a way for all of us. Kadesh was the sanctuary. And this became the refuge for the unholy. For the man or the woman whose life was unclean or soil. The man or woman who feels their life has been tainted by bad decisions or poor choices or terrible actions. God chose a city that would reflect a portion of his grace and mercy. To let the unclean and the unholy know that there's a place for you in my house. There's a place for you at my table. Amen. Kadesh was a sanctuary and a refuge for the unholy. God has a place for those who have defiled themselves. And those who are unclean and impure, God has a remedy for all. There is a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins and that flow cleanses me from all my sin. I am so thankful that the grace of God is not limited, that my unholiness would prevent me from coming in. But however unclean or impure... Or unrighteous I may be. There are gates that should open to me. That said come on son. I have a place for you. I have a place for the unholy man. Hallelujah. Not only was there Kadesh. But there was Shechem. Shechem literally means shoulder. Here was a place for a man. Whose own capabilities were not enough to save him. Here was a place for a man who could not get himself out of the rut, who could not pick himself up, who could not take care of his problems. Here is a provision for those who are unsure, those who are insecure, those who do not know whether or not anybody cares God has shoulders that are large enough that he can carry any weight that you put on him. Oh, yes, he can. And he is a refuge for the unsure. He is a refuge for the uncertain, for the hesitant, for the fearful, for the shy, for the doubtful, for the insecure. It is a place of protection for the weak and the vulnerable. God said, I have a door that is open for you that feel unsure no matter what your problems are. I'm here to tell you that God's strength is greater than your problem. And God's shoulders are large enough to carry whatever weight you can cast on him this morning. Amen. There are some of you still carrying some things in your life, although you've known the Lord for a long time. I don't know why you keep carrying them. Perhaps you're too embarrassed to lay them on the altar or give them to God. Maybe you feel like you deserve that weight. Maybe you carry it this morning because it's a way for you to beat yourself down and show penance to God that you're guilty And you'll carry it all of your life to prove your guilt. Let me tell you something here today. You don't have to carry that load. You don't have to carry that burden. You don't have to carry that weight on your shoulders. God provided a place for those whose whose burdens were so heavy that nobody could help them. Whose problems were so big that nobody could get them out whose problems were so severe that they were overwhelmed. There was a city that God set aside for those who were unsure and unsteady. And God's mercy and God's grace is great enough and it's broad enough and it's strong enough to carry whatever weight that you have in your life whatever it may be whether it's abuse or whether it's some kind of experience from your past that you just don't want to let go of and you keep dragging it through life with you I'm here to tell you there's something about the mercy of God that is so great and so wonderful and so mighty that you can bring that burden and you can lay it down on his shoulders and he will carry you. He will take care of you. You see, God is able to carry anything that you cast on him. Amen. There's some time people come to God and they've got a lot of perverted things in their past that they've done. And you know, it's easy for us to accept the forgiveness of God. It's hard sometimes for us to forgive ourselves. And there are people that come to church all the time that God's already forgiven them, but they haven't forgiven themselves. Because of something they did that was so hideous and so sinful that they don't even want anybody to know about it. They keep it covered up. But they drag that stuff with them all through life. Everywhere they go, they've got this burden. They can only pray so far. They can only worship to so much. And then it seemed to pull them back down. I've come to tell you this morning that the grace of God is so great that whatever that burden is, whatever that sin is, whatever that uncleanness might be, the grace and the mercy of God is great enough to carry it. God can shoulder your burden. God can carry your heaviest weight. You don't have to be afraid. Cast all your cares on Him. For he careth for you. Do it right now somebody. Throw that weight on him right now. Because he can carry it. Amen. And then we come to Hebron. Hebron men's fellowship. These cities were for Israel. And for the stranger among them. Perhaps to you and I. That doesn't mean much. But in that time. Foreigners were seldom welcome. In the land of Israel. Because they were a chosen people. Oftentimes they felt that they were superior and exclusive. That they were different than everybody else. But God made room for those who fell between the cracks. For those who feel like they don't belong. For those who grow up in life as misfits. They don't seem to fit in anywhere. They're unwanted. They're uninvited. They're undesired. They're discarded. Those who are thrown by the highway of life... And cast off as garbage or perhaps left in the sins of your failure. The Lord has a place for those who have been marginalized by society and cut out. God provided a city so that you and I could find safety and we could find protection within the confines of his great mercy. You see the outcast is welcome here. The black sheep are welcomed here. I wonder how many black sheep there are in this fold today. Or you were black sheep. You know, it's amazing. We grow up in life with these names that come to us unwanted. We get tagged. We get labeled. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and, and you go through life carrying this burden. It isn't even who you are right now. It isn't even what you are right now, but you carry that weight of what you were. Isn't it great that the grace of God and mercy of God is so large, it is so encompassing that he's got a place for those, the misfits, the black sheep, those who just, they're different Those that have labels on them, God has a place. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Bezer was a place of fellowship. It was there that the uninvited could come. The unwanted could find provision, a refuge for those who had been discarded by life those who were misfits god has a place for even them bezer bezer was on the wilderness side of the jordan and bezer meant stronghold it was situated in the plain on the wilderness side of jordan it was an area that was vulnerable to the attack of the enemy because they had not gone completely in to what was the promised land but here god established a refuge here god established a safe place It was built strong and secure. Historians say that it was one of the most secure cities of all of Israel. And it became a haven for the defenseless. It became a place of strength and offered protection for those unable to defend themselves. Here is a refuge for the unable. Have you ever felt like you were just incapable of doing something about your problem? Have you ever felt like that it was just too big, too complicated? It, my life is just too messed up? I mean, we got his, hers, ours, theirs, those, these, that, them, here, there, up, down. You, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not trying to get too personal, but you know what I'm saying? Life gets so messed up and it gets so complicated. That Sometimes we come to God and we feel like God can't figure all that out. That we're some kind of unique case that God's never seen before. But let me tell you something, before you ever messed up your life or your life ever got messed up for you, God provided a way and he made a city, he set aside a place for the person whose life was so messed up and it was so Confused that nobody wanted them. And not only did nobody want them, but they, were not, they weren't even able to, to do anything about They couldn't change one thing. God said, I've got a place for you. Thank you. The unable, the weak, the frail, those who just can't seem to get it together, those who can't seem to make it work, the vulnerable, the incapable, the exposed, the helpless, the powerless, the weak, There's a refuge for the unprotected. God made a way for even the weakest among us. Amen. The weakest among us. Those whose defenses are broken down by the merciless attack of the foe. Those who stand unprotected with blow after blow coming down upon their life. Where can you go? A weak person like me, where can I go? Where can I go but to the Lord? jesus jesus knows all about it jesus jesus knows all about it he is the perfect example of what all of these cities represented to israel for that one who was weak and vulnerable they could find a refuge here was the greatest friend a person could know there was ramoth gilead that means high place It was built in the heights of Gilead. It was a fortress that commanded the entire countryside. And here was a place for the unworthy. Here was the place for those who were disgraced. The undeserving. The worthless. The shameful. The disreputable. The contemptible. The pitiful. They had a refuge in God. You see, God has a place for everybody. Amen. God has a place for everybody. So, Brother Hughes, I hadn't heard my name called yet. Well, there's one more city, Golan. It means exile or separated, and it literally meant the city of the exiled. God has a place for those that even society rejects. Those... That society has washed their hands of and says, I'm through. I've done all I can do to help you. You can't be helped. God said, but I can. I can. Oh, yes, I can. Ah, yes, God said, you might be in their eyes rejected, but you're accepted in the beloved. Beloved. God has a place for those that society rejects, for those who are unable to find refuge anywhere else. God has a place for even the exiled, the one nobody wants. I don't think there's anybody like that around here, but I do know there's some people in life that nobody wants. Nobody wants to be around them. Nobody wants to help. Nobody wants to do anything about their life. There's a place where you can be welcome, not because of your past, but because of of your God your place in him can be secured no matter what your past life your past sin your past failure there's a place for you in God God has a place I find often in the New Testament where the untouchable met Jesus and what a wonderful picture is painted society didn't want them the leper they were cast outside of the city They were put away from their families and they lived this lonesome, isolated life. But when I read of Jesus, I read of lepers that came and he touched them. I read of a woman who had an issue of blood, unclean. If a person touched her, they were unclean. And yet Jesus was willing to be touched by this unclean woman, the demoniac Legions of devils tormenting this man. So much so, the Bible said that even the society he lived in couldn't help him. And they had given up. But when Jesus stepped on that shore, this man found his liberty. Oh, Jesus. 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 You're a refuge for the undesirable. You're a safe place for those Who are so messed up in life that people shake their head and say nothing good can come out of this. God said, oh, but you don't know what grace can do. You you don't know what my mercy is capable of. You don't know what I paid for at Calvary. You don't know what I suffered and died for that you might experience. Whether you're unwanted or unsure or insecure or unable, God has a place for you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 said, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And such were some of you. I love the way the message puts it. A number of you know from experience what I'm talking about. For not so long ago, you were on that list. Since then, you've been cleansed. You've been cleaned up and given a fresh start by Jesus. And by his spirit, you have made to overcome. The Living Translation said, There was a time when some of you were just like that. But now, your sins are washed away. And you are set apart for God. And he has accepted you because of what the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of the Lord has done in your life. Amen. God has a place for all people. The unable, the insecure, the messed up, the broken. There were refuge for everybody. The high priest who was there in every city could help anybody who came. They afforded protection for the unfortunate. But let me tell you something about the grace of God. The grace of God goes a step further. He doesn't just give protection for the unfortunate, the grace of God gives protection for the guilty. It's not a matter of, well, I didn't mean to do that. Some of us did it on purpose with both eyes open. And yet the grace of God is so amazing that it reaches out to encompass even that and say, come on, I have a way out. I have a way to help you. I have a way to help you. The cities were only offering temporary safety. Only for a period of time were you to stay there. But Jesus, he offers eternal life. Amen. Those who enter those gates, this is the amazing thing about it. I'm closing. Come on, musicians. Those who entered the gates of those cities sacrifice certain privileges. If you came to one of the cities of refuge of old, Here was the stipulation. You were safe only as long as you stayed inside the gate. You had to stay there until the high priest died. And then you could go free. But if you left any time before that, you were open and vulnerable to whatever the enemy would choose. But when you come to Jesus Christ, the grace of God... That has been displayed in him. The good news is. That you don't have to sacrifice privileges. You are given privileges. That he doesn't take away from your life. He adds to your life. Mercy upon mercy. Upon mercy upon mercy upon mercy. And I don't know, maybe there's nobody in this building today that needs anything that I've said. But if you're here today and you felt like any one of these characters or individuals that I've named this morning, the unwanted, the unholy, the unable, the unworthy, I just wanted to let you know that in Him you have a place. You have a place. God has room for you. No matter what your failures are, no matter what your sins. And God's shoulders are so large and so great that He can carry anything you put on Him. Amen. Amen. He can carry anything you put on Him. Just throw it on him. And His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the writer goes on to talk about, And the government shall be upon his shoulder. He carries the weight of the world. But that's God. I don't know what's bothering anybody here today, but if there's anything that makes you feel insecure, you need to just step into the grace of God this morning and say, God, your grace is greater than my failure. Your grace is greater than my sin. Your grace is greater than my mistake. God, I don't know why I can't seem to help myself. I can't let go of this. God's wanting somebody this morning to let go of some stuff that you've been carrying around for a long, long time. I don't know, maybe you just thought God couldn't handle it, but God said, I can handle anything you put on me. Anything. He can carry the weight of the world on His shoulders. If He can do that, I know He can carry you. Amen. Does anybody need a touch from God this morning? Anybody need a lift of the Holy Ghost in this building. If you do, why don't you just lift up your hand to Him right now? Lord, I need your touch. Come on, lift up that other hand to Him. Lord, I need your touch today. This is my safe place, this is my refuge. Oh, God, I feel your touch right now,
1: I feel your
0: mercy, Lord. Yes, Lord.